And they all began with the letter S. The Holy Spirit shows us gospel truth. He reveals God's word to us. The Holy Spirit seals us in God's promises. He opens up our ears so that we can hear. And he teaches us so that, so that as we listen to God's word, he seals us as his followers. And the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. Uh, he helps us with this whole process of, of becoming more like Christ. And for the Holy Spirit strengthens us. Uh, when we're weak, the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to persevere. And lastly, the Holy Spirit sends us out. Sends us out into the world to be Christ's witnesses. And Tyler mentioned that for the rest of June, we're going to be looking at what it means to be sent out. To share our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, you see, as, as we gather here on Sunday mornings... Uh, we gather here for one hour, and, and then we walk out those doors into the world. So what are we supposed to do with uh, what the Holy Spirit teaches us here in this place? How do we share our faith with the people that we meet during the week, with our friends and with our neighbors, and the people that we work with, uh, the people that we meet every day? Lifeway Research surveyed over a thousand Christians and they discovered that a majority of them wanted to share their faith in Christ, but they just didn't know how to do it. Around 70% of them agree that it's, it's the responsibility of Christians to share their faith and to encourage non-Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But the problem is, most of them admitted that they failed to share the gospel with even one person in the past six months. Scott McConnell, the executive director of Lifeway Research, believes that, that they avoid sharing their faith because they're afraid of coming off as a Jesus fanatic. After all, what will people think if, if we talk about, all we talk about is our faith? What if we talk about it too much? Maybe it's best if we just live the quiet faith and keep our faith to ourselves. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can share our faith with the world. Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, calls us to invite others to share in this journey, to pray for them, to love them as Christ taught us to love. Christ calls us to proclaim, to proclaim the love of God to, to the world, the healing grace of God. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at a passage from the Gospel of Luke that talks about being sent into the world. In Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12, Luke tells us that Jesus sent out 70 of his followers to share the message that the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus gives them specific instructions on how they're supposed to do that. Now, I think that all of us can learn from this passage about how we can share 
the gospel when we walk out those doors on Sunday morning. Listen now to these words from Luke's gospel. But, but first, please pray with me. Let's pray. Living God, help us to truly hear your holy word that we may understand and that in understanding we may believe and that in believing we may learn how, how everything that you would teach us this morning. May the words of this servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town or, and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, Go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you that on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. I wonder this morning if any of you have ever written a personal mission statement. I mean, what's your life goal? What do you want to accomplish in life? And how would you like to be remembered when you're gone? Mission statements are important. I googled mission statements and came up with 1,060,000,000 results. Now that's a lot of mission statements. Now here are a few of the, of the corporate mission statements that I found. For instance, Amazon. Amazon's mission statement is, we strive to offer our customers the lowest possible prices, the best available selection, and the utmost convenience. And then there's Walmart. Walmart has a simpler mission statement. We save people money so they can live better. McDonald's mission statement is to be our customers' favorite place and way to eat and drink. Starbucks 
is to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. And Microsoft's is, our mission is to empower every person in every organization on the planet to achieve more. And then there are some rather weird mission statements that I found. One company wrote this, our mission is to make everyone else look bad by pointing out their mistakes and flaws so that we can look better. Uh, that sounds a little bit like the political environment today, doesn't it? And then another company's mission statement was, we innovate, collaborate, create, vacillate, procrastinate, pontificate, deliberate, guesstimate, and under-deliver daily to our clientele. I don't know if I'd want to do business with that company. And finally, one company wrote, our mission is to see how far we can get with this sort of business before it becomes illegal. Grand Lakes has a mission statement, too. Uh, how many of you know what it is? You can find it on our website. It's, our mission statement is, we endeavor to be a welcoming congregation that shares in the joy of celebrating the grace and glory of God through meaningful worship, study, service, outreach, and caring relationships of our members and community. What a great mission statement. Now, if you were to write your own personal mission statement, I wonder, what would it look like? Well, Jesus gave 70 of his followers a mission statement. He gave them a task, and then he told them what he wanted them to accomplish. And the story is found in Luke chapter 10, and the story begins with Jesus dividing his followers up into twos and sending them out. Verse 1, in verse 1 we read, After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. They were to go out two by two and share the good news that God had sent his son into the world to save the world and to proclaim that salvation had come. You see, over time, the number of his followers had grown. Jesus had the original 12. Uh, let's say they will call them special. They will become apostles. However, there's this larger group of followers, more than just the 12. And we don't know how many followers Jesus had for sure, but in this story, we read that he sends out 70 of them on a mission to the Gentiles. Now, number 70 had a sacred meaning in that it's made up of two factors, two perfect numbers. The number seven representing perfection and the number 10 representing completeness and God's law. Remember, there are 10 commandments. 70 was the perfect number of disciples to send out to get the job. 
Now, there are other references to 70 in the Bible. 70 elders were appointed by Moses in Numbers chapter 11, verse 16. And after sharing the covenant that God had gave him to read to the people of Israel, Moses took 70 elders along with Aaron and his sons up Mount Sinai to have this special meal with God himself. And we can read about that in Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 through 11. Luke continues, and he tells us that Jesus sent out the 70 two by two. Now the number two also has a special meaning. In biblical times, the number two was the number of witnesses that you needed for something to be seen as credible. At least two people had to agree on something for it to be considered as truth. So the number two has this legal aspect of it. Also, there were two covenants that God gave to his children. God gave them the old covenant and the new covenant. And there are also other reasons why Jesus might have sent out, sent them out two by two. Number one, two people can do more than just one person. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. And number two, for protection and for support. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And then number three, the third reason is that two have more prayer power than one. Matthew 18 verse 19 tells us, again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And then number four, the fourth reason to send them out in pairs is that it helps for one person to be praying while the other person is ministering. If you've ever wondered why the Mormons go out in pairs, that's one of the reasons. One is praying while the other is talking. And then number five, finally in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus proclaims that whenever two or three are gathered in my name, the spirit of the Lord is in their midst. So Jesus sends out this 70 followers, two by two, on a mission. And then Luke adds these words. He says, Jesus sent them on ahead to every town and place where he himself intended to go. Jesus sent them to every city, every place that he planned to visit. He sent them there to prepare the way of the Lord in the same manner that John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way for the Messiah. Jesus knew the importance of preparation You see, preparation is an important aspect of being sent out. Daniel Handler, an an author, once wrote that everyone should be able to do at least one card trick, tell two jokes, and recite three poems in case they get trapped in an elevator. (laughs) 
be prepared. After listening to Jesus and what he taught, the 70 were prepared. They were prepared to be sent out with the message, the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, there are four things that we can learn from this passage about being sent out. Sorry, Tyler, they don't all begin with the same letter. God sends us out into the world with the goal of inviting others to follow Christ. That's number one. Number two, God sends us out into the world to share the good news. Number three, God sends us out into the world to be a healing influence in the lives of everyone that we meet along the way. And number four, God sends us out to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. Inviting, loving, healing, and proclaiming. God sends us out into the world with those four tasks, specific tasks in mind. So let's begin with inviting. In Luke 10, 2, Jesus shares an important task with the 70 he is sending out. He tells them this. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, what's the harvest that, that Luke is talking about here? The harvest that, that Jesus is, is talking about in the Gospel of Luke is about the opportunity that we have to change people's hearts from being self-centered to being worshipers of God. You see, we all have that opportunity. When we walk out those doors, we have the opportunity to be a changer of hearts, to invite others to be part of the kingdom of God. And it's plentiful because at the time, there were a lot of people that were searching for the truth and not finding it. And the same is true today. There are a lot of people in our world who are searching for truth and they can't find it. The laborers that Luke refers to are the 70 that's being sent out to preach. And when you compare the number being sent out to the hundreds of people in the nearby towns and villages, 70 wasn't very many. So Jesus tells the 70 to pray that God will add, that God will add more believers as they go along, more believers who are willing to join the mission. In other words, pray that people will listen and respond and then join, join with them on the journey. You know, prayer is so important so important when it comes to being sent out into the world. A little later in the service, we're going to be commissioning our young people to, to go on their mission trip to Colorado. And our job as a congregation is to lift them up in prayer as they, as they go out, as we send them out. They need to be praying as they go out. And we need to be praying that God will use them to bring others to Christ in new and exciting ways. 
Prayer is an important part of being sent out. Also notice that Jesus is talking about the, the Lord of the harvest in the third person. Jesus wasn't referring to himself. He was telling his followers to ask the Lord, and that means that he wants them to rely on God to, to bring those who hear the message into the harvest, to help them as they go out, as they share, as they're sent out, to proclaim the love of God, to share God's message of grace. Jesus sent the 70 out, and he's sending our young people out, and he's sending you out to invite others to be part of the kingdom of God. Personal invitations are so important. Bear with me a second. I want to share a, a little personal story with you. My wife, Gracie, and I, we were sweethearts, high school sweethearts. I was 17, she was 14 when we started dating. I know that's kind of young. One Saturday night, as I was dropping her off at her apartment, I asked her what she was doing the next day, which was Sunday. She said she was going to church. And I asked her which church. And she said, Clifton Heights Presbyterian Church. And I said, well, that's my church. To which she responded, funny, I've never seen you there. <laughs> now, Clifton Heights was an, a neighborhood church, much like, like Grand Lakes is here. And I had attended daily vacation Bible school as a child, but I had drifted away as a teenager. So Gracie invited me to join her, and I did. An invitation. A couple years later, we were married at Clifton Heights Presbyterian Church. Gracie was 16 and I was 19. Now, our first few years of marriage was a period of adjustment. We moved five times that first year. And eventually, we bought a house and we settled down. Our first son was born, and 13 months later, Kenny, our youngest son, who some of you may know, uh, was born. And in the meantime, we drifted away from the church. But a woman by the name of Phyllis Faust, a member of Clifton Heights, kept calling us every month, inviting us to come and be part of the Sunday school class called the Singles and Doubles. And every month they had a get-together, and every month Phyllis would pester us with an invitation. And finally I said to Gracie, just say yes so that we can get her off our backs. Well, we went to that party, and we enjoyed it so much that we started going back to church. Her invitation started us on a journey that took us into the ministry. I sincerely believe with all my heart that God sent Phyllis Faust into our lives to invite us to join the harvest 
to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, my friends, invitations are so important. When you invite someone to come to church, to join a class, to get involved in the church, God is using you as an instrument of his grace to make a difference in the life of those you invite. The 70 were sent out to invite, to invite others to join the harvest. God calls us to do the same. Inviting is an important part of what it means to be sent out, to walk out those doors on Sunday morning, to go and invite others to come back and join us. The second task that Jesus gave the 70 was to share God's love. I really believe that all of us have the capacity to love the darkest of people and to find light in the darkest of personalities. And that's what I believe this text is saying to us this morning. Jesus is saying to his disciples, love one another as I have loved you. He tells them to take nothing with them but love. Verses 4 and 5 says, carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. Jesus gave them the task of loving others, loving those that they met along the way with unconditional love, to love others in their brokenness, in celebration, in pain. All they carried into the world was Christ's love, and that's something that we all need to do when we walk out those doors. It's the one gift that we're freely given and the one gift that we can freely share with others. When we're able to love one another, when we're able to be Christ to one another and see Christ in each other, that's all it takes to change lives. God sends us out of this place to share his love. I want to I close with an old story about a farmer. There was this old farmer one time, and, and one day lightning struck his shed and burned it down. But he said, well, that's okay. It saves me the trouble of tearing it down. And then it poured down rain. But he said, well, that's okay. I don't have to wash my truck. And when someone asked him what he was going to do now, he replied, I'm waiting for an earthquake to shake the potatoes out of the ground. <laughs> my friends, unlike that farmer, the church of Jesus Christ can't afford to wait for an earthquake to shake the unchurched out of their hiding places and into the church. God sends us into the world with a mission to share the good news of his love and grace in Jesus Christ. 
May God grant all of us the courage to do just that, to be his faithful followers in a world that needs to hear his message of hope. My friends, the kingdom of God is at hand. God loves you. Share the good news. Amen and amen. Next week, we'll pick up where we left off.